Peter Parker Spider-Man teams up with the new Miss Marvel to battle a Kree threat while a lot of Spider-Men are getting killed in the multiverse. And the Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Verse Prelude. Can Atomic Robo's team of action scientists find him in time and revive him so that the Earth can be saved from a kaiju attack? We'll talk about it in Atomic Robo and the Ring of Fire. Straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. I make it a general policy not to read Amazing Spider-Man books post One More Day. Uh, I've explained why I don't like that storyline quite a bit, won't go into it again, but uh, But uh, I'm making an exception for the Spider-Verse storyline, mainly because it involves May Parker, Mayday from the Spider-Girl comics. And I really am interested in that character, and they brought her back in Spider-Verse, and then she was in a miniseries uh, prior to the Spider-Geddon event uh, called uh, Spider-Girls. So I am tentatively putting my toe back into the Amazing Spider-Man universe just for these uh, particular stories. Uh, So we start out with the Amazing uh, Spider-Man Spider-Verse Prelude, uh, which uh, collects Amazing Spider-Man number 7 and 8, and Superior Spider-Man 32 and 33, plus some material from a free Comic Day book. Uh, This free Comic Day book opens the... uh, uh, trade with Spider-Man from 1602 being uh, brutally murdered by an alien invader. And then we go to the Peter Parker of the main Marvel Universe, where Peter is hanging out with Cindy Moon, also known as Silk, uh, who was uh, also received spider powers, but got locked in a bunker for years and years, and at this point doesn't know what's happened to her family. This is just after the events of Superior Spider-Man, where Dr. Uh, Octopus uh, took uh, control of Peter Parker's uh, body, changed uh, places with him, and Dr. Octopus died and left uh, Otto in uh, Peter's body, and Peter apparently dead. That eventually got sorted out after 30-odd issues of the Superior Spider-Man. But now Peter finds himself in a situation where he owns his own corporation, and he's got all these responsibilities based on things that Otto set up. And uh, as part of the uh, 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 universe of Superior Spider-Man, uh, Otto knew a, a woman who is a, a little person named Anna uh, Marie uh, Marconi. And as Peter starts to uh, make out with uh, Sydney, Anna sprays them with water. And uh, 
uh, spurting out of a water bottle. Cindy demands it back, uh, but uh, Anna says very matter-of-factly, nope, sorry, act like dogs in heat and I'll treat you as such. I don't know whether we need uh, none of this character or a lot more of her in uh, comics. Maybe have her patrol both the DC and Marvel Universe. Uh, but uh, uh, Cindy goes away, and to be honest, I really don't think that she was in a place in her life where it would be a good thing for her to be making out with anyone as she's just gone out of this bunker and is trying to figure out what her life is going to be like. Anna lays some things out for Peter in terms of what his responsibilities are and his need to maintain the corporations that were set up by Otto and people were depending upon him for their livelihood. However, nearby a blue creature in the costume of uh, the original Miss Marvel, now Captain Marvel, is wreaking havoc in the city. This in, uh, leads the current Miss uh, Marvel, Kamala Khan, to go into action because she is a huge fan of the original uh, Captain Marvel and uh, goes to uh, defend her hero's honor. And uh, Spider-Man comes along and it turns out to be a really big creature that will take both of them to fight it. Uh, this actually is uh, a story that's uh, half an issue in two different issues, so I'll kind of just sum it up. Uh, they fight the creature and it is actually a really nice pairing. Uh, Kamala does ask uh, P Peter as Spider-Man about the uh, date he had with Miss Marvel, and Peter at least has some respect for his dignity because he doesn't uh, give her any details. Of course, we discussed the actual embarrassing details of that uh, date back when we reviewed Miss Marvel Volume 9. She is just such a fun character in this book, and I've read her in two other books and liked her, but I didn't care for her the one time I read her in her own book. But here she is just so energetic and joyous and just a lot of fun uh, to read, and it does make for a fun team-up issue. The monster and the uh, reaction is dealt with when they uh, figure out that since the uh, the Cree uh, hired human henchmen to help, that this is a freelance operation. And Spider-Man makes like he is contacting the Cree and the attacker skedaddles. A little anticlimactic, but I won't complain too much. As I said, I thought uh, Kamala was just really fun, and I did enjoy this particular story. Now, we turn to the main Spider-Verse prelude story, and essentially, in the second half of all of these uh, comics, uh, we see a lot of Spider-Man getting killed, and we uh, do run into Spider-Girl, and her family is attacked, and we're left to wonder if any of them actually made it out alive, and she pledges her vengeance. Then, in the Superior Spider-Man issues, uh, we find out how this is even possible, given that Otto uh, essentially allowed himself to be displaced and for uh, Peter to return, how we have a Superior Spider-Man story. But this uh, had him dealing with some uh, 
experiments uh, during uh, his time where there was like a brief um, moment where you could just kind of plug in this story due to these uh, experiments. And, you know, credit to uh, Dan Slott, uh, the writer was able to, you know, plot his story around this so that they could come back and have this be practical. And he uh, finds the Spider-Men being killed off, and so he sets out to save them. Uh, he develops a focus on those particular Spider-Men, though, who are willing to go a step farther and willing to kill. Uh, and he begins to find which of those that he's saved are actually uh, willing to kill. And essentially, that's the story. There's not a whole lot to this book. And I have to say, I just do not one-fourth of the book. Um, I do not like uh, the overall a Spider-Verse prelude. Because all of these stories, it's like you get to read the book and see various versions of your hero killed off in a really unpleasant manner. It's not enough to raise the book up to like an, a mature rating, but it's just a bunch of death and destruction. And it's particularly bad when it's uh, spiders that we have seen in other works. And really, this is a uh, a book that feels like it exists a lot more for money than for art, uh, because you really could tell all of the story in the Spider-Verse prelude in like two or three panels of flashback, maybe a page. Uh, but the reason for telling it is you go, go ahead and you get four issues out of it, and then you get to sell trades like the one that I ended up reading. Uh, which, thankfully, I didn't pay for. My public library system did. So my tax dollars at work here, I guess. But it just reflects some Marvel corporate greed. Uh, there is no art in this story. There's no reason to tell it. It's just meant to sell uh, c uh, comic books. And, I mean, you, you've got four issues in here. I think that you could have still told the Kamala Khan story. Uh, but if you just told the Kamala Khan story, you would have sold three less issues at $4 a pop. And uh, then you have, of course, all the trades that you end up selling. And while there might be something in the actual Spider-Verse book that might make this relevant, I mean, it's anything's possible, I don't see anything in here that was really worthwhile or really essential. Uh, other than that one, you know, those, that one story, which is like a quarter of the book, uh, there's nothing really redeeming about this book. So I will give Amazing Spider-Man Spider-Verse Prelude a rating of not classy. And it's one of the more obvious ones I've done. All right. So now turn to Atomic Robo and the Ring of Fire. Now we, uh, had, uh, recently done Volume 9. And if you recall the end of Volume 9 of, uh, that series, The Knights of the Golden Circle. Atomic Robo was blown back in time and ended up uh, essentially dying in the Old West and insisted he be buried in a specific location. Well, in the present, his team ended up being scattered as uh, the... Uh, Resources of Project Tesladyne were seized by the government and uh, Project Ultra, a, a group of uh, military 
specialist dedicated to taking the scientific resources to protect the Earth uh, from the sort of threats that uh, had happened in in in-universe events. Uh, and the scientists from Tesladyne are either presumed dead or underground, oftentimes both, uh, just trying to avoid getting forced into uh, working for uh, Project Ultra or being found in some way by them and another somewhat uh, disreputable organization uh, running around. However, they do start to come back together. And uh, they figure out uh, that Robo survived with some of the data they uh, uh, obtained. And then one of the scientists, Bernard, is able to figure out which location uh, Robo would be buried with. And so they end up, and after a little bit of uh, issue with uh, uh, Project Ultra, they are able to recover him. But he's not uh, complete at all, and so they have to work to rebuild him and get black market uh, parts, But and they run into an old scientist pal uh, from Tesladyne and meet up with the Biomega, which are essentially kaiju creatures in the ocean uh, that are a threat to the entire human race, and which Task Force Ultra is trying to combat, but with limited success. And they end up going to work uh, with the Chinese on rebuilding uh, Robo, and uh, they're a little bit uh, nervous about the arrangement because uh, they don't want to give the Chinese government uh, top-secret uh, tech, but they also need to work with them in order to neutralize the threat of these uh, kaiju. Uh, and uh, they do take uh, parts uh, from the Chinese to rebuild Robo, and then Robo actually finds a way to power himself uh, wire, wirelessly, uh, with, uh, the, uh, Chinese, uh, nuclear reactors without them knowing. And, uh, they do end up coming up with a plan to deal with the Biomega involving launching nuclear torpedoes at them to destroy them. Whereas the, uh, Project Ultra has been using, uh, Titan robots, uh, which are like, uh, large robot suits to fight uh, the kaiju one at a time. And uh, there are often heavy casualties in the course of that with thousands uh, dying. And so Robo comes up with a plan and the Chinese ask, well, how is that going to help us get rid of Project Ultra? Because while Robo hates Project Ultra, so the, the, the Chinese and the Russians, so their interests collide. And essentially, Robo argues that getting rid of the Biomega this way would show their overall incompetence. However, things escalate pretty uh, quickly because it turns out that there is a Biomega island heading towards the planet from space. So you have this giant island filled with uh, kaiju creatures about to crash into Earth, which is a major, major problem. And this leads to Robo coming up with an alternate plan, which is to hijack a space satellite that was launched by the Third Reich uh, secretly and use it to destroy the island through some uh, complex uh, uh, complex actions. Uh, the uh, 
the Project Ultra is getting ready to launch nukes. Uh, if, uh, the, uh, if the Biomega Island ends up touching base on Earth. So it's up to, uh, Robo to save the day. I won't go into all the plot details, because there is a lot to keep track of, honestly. Uh, but I will say that this is a lot of fun. It is just a great uh, science fiction action thriller that uh, doesn't stop moving. And as usual, it has a great deal of fun and uh, humor involved in it. And it is just a delight to, to read. They just keep throwing one uh, amazing, outlandish concept uh, after another in regards to the escalating threats. And Robo is good explaining it with a great sense of humor and uh, just a lot of daring do. Uh, and it really does do a good job of, at the end of the book, establishing a new status quo as Robo really wants to get back into scientific discovery. You know, that he said that they got too big and uh, that was the problem with Tesladyne and uh, he wants to leave the action part to someone else. Uh, I don't know how that will work out. Probably won't work exactly. But still, uh, it does do a good job uh, cleaning up some of the past storylines and setting things up for the future uh, really well. The, the Atomic Robo actually went from being published as an indie comic to being a webcomic, which is a different uh, uh, road, a, the exact opposite that uh, many companies uh, take with their comics. Uh, but it, so far, it's been working pretty well for them, and... They really do have a knack for capturing the sort of thing that makes comics fun to read. Uh, their intro actually was written, uh, of all things, by uh, a former comic book shop employee who wrote about how uh, Atomic Robo kept her love of comics alive, uh, particularly as it came out just about the time that uh, One More Day was happening and Spider-Man was selling his marriage to the devil. Now, if I do have any issues with the book, it is that uh, just by the nature of the book, we spend, uh, particularly in the early part of it, a lot more time with the action scientist. And they don't really have... Uh, very well-developed personalities. Robo has generally carried the book, and they've just kind of been in the background. At best, they tend to have just personality quirks, but that's not the same thing as having a well-developed uh, personality. However, the story is fun enough that that's able to carry the day. I really would have liked more of an explanation of where the kaiju uh, came from, but there's hint that uh, this is not totally resolved with them, so we may get a better idea where they actually came from or what the explanation was for their uh, presence on the planet, but I'm more than happy to wait another volume or two to find out. Overall, I'll give Atomic Robo and the Rings of Fire a rating of Classy, and as previously stated, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Verse uh, Prelude, rated Not Classy, as it's mostly a pointless cash-in. All right, well, uh, that'll do it for now. If you do have a comment, send it to me, ClassyComicsGuy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at ClassyComicsGuy. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.